Hey guys, this is Jason Dunaway with Prophetic Pilgrimage. I'm here to share with you some insight into your journey in hearing the voice of God, talking about certain aspects of the gift of prophecy, and hosting special guests to hear about how God has led them on their journey. You can also check out my website at propheticpilgrimage.com. Hey guys, it's Jason here with Prophetic Pilgrimage again. I am so excited today. I have the honor of um, hosting um, an awesome, amazing person. His name is Bill Baldwin. And so um, Bill Baldwin is a uh, pastor. He's an author. He's a speaker. Um, So just to give you a little um, background on him. And so uh, about three years ago, um, I was attending a um, Leaders Advance Conference at Bethel out in uh, Redding, California. And so um, me and Bill actually met. We were actually coming back from one of our breakout sessions. And so uh, me and Bill met um, as me and some of the other leaders were sitting around uh, talking. We actually met Bill. Uh, We had an amazing time getting to know him and sharing a lot of amazing stories about revival in Birmingham. And so uh, one of the things that that Bill actually said to me or even prophesied over me in a moment, I think it was one of the last nights, um, I remember Bill uh, praying over each one of our team members and he looks over at me and and looks at me and just says, Jason, uh, he's like, when you prophesy, you're going to get it wrong, but you're going to get it right a lot more. And so um, he just encouraged me to to keep taking risks and just keep going after the thing thing that God's put in my heart. And so that's what I've been doing. And so um, Bill, I'm so excited to have you on here, man. I have um, been so encouraged um, by those same words um, that you gave me three years ago. And so they've really but I felt like it's really catapulted me into the place that I'm currently in right now. So, um, Bill, welcome to my second or third podcast that I've hosted. Hey, that's great. Thank you so much, Jason. I am honored to be a honored to be on here, and we're getting uh, getting getting this thing launched and getting it off the ground. And I'm thank you for letting me be a part of it here on the ground floor, so to speak. So, uh, yes, I'm yeah. on the ground floor, but I am I'm growing and I'm on my way up. So, <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, you've launched. You're, you're, you're up there. So yeah, man, good to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And so, um, so part of, um, of most of what a lot of my podcast is about is really having people on here to really share their God story about how God's voice kind of led them into where they're at currently in their life and how he's still continuing to do that. And so I know that you, um, a lot of your history is uh, pastoring a church. I think you pastored church for like 21 years. Um, and then you're also a speaker and you've kind of gone around speaking of the churches, just really, um, really encouraging people to continue to press in and just continue to, to walk more like Jesus. And so I know that you've authored a book as well. So um, if you um, if you want, just I would love for you to just share with me kind of how God led you into the place that you're right now as an author, as a speaker, as a pastor. So. Yeah, well, it's um, yeah, I've been doing this. I've been doing this a lot of years. Uh, I started. I actually came, I came to the Lord in 77, no, 75, 1975. I started pastoring a church when I was 77 in, in 1977. I was 21 years old when I first started pastoring churches. So uh, I was, I was extremely young back in those days. <laughs> uh, I, I was in college. I came to the Lord. Just the, I had quite an unusual beginning. I came to the Lord when I was um, 20 years old and I was in college. I, I went to college to play football, and that's about all 
got a football scholarship, and that's about all I did well was play football. My, <laughs> grades, my grades reflected that too. <laughs> so, anyway, I uh, I got the I, I had some I don't know how I knew this, but there was an evangelist that at the time I didn't know what I was not a church person, so I didn't I didn't understand church language or church anything, but there was this there was a speaker that was speaking. He was an evangelist on my football field in college. And it was in August. And uh, for some weird reason, I know now it's God. We always call him some weird reason, but I, it was God. I, I I got in my little red MGB, went to the football stadium, got out and listened to this guy. His name, many people are going to recognize him when I say this. His name is James, James Robison. That is back. James has a, has a program now called Life Today. Well, he's He's a lot has transformed in James' life since in those days, but yeah. in those days he was a fire-breathing Baptist evangelist, and <laughs> I had never in my life heard anything preach like him. And uh, so, anyway, he gave the altar call, and I went down to the altar. That was um, that was the beginning of a, a, a different kind of life for me. Uh, before that, just to give you a little bit of my background. I was I was an athlete, so I played football and basketball in the fall and winter, and then in the summertime I played lead guitar for rock bands. So you got to realize in the '70s, this is the era of the hippies, and uh, and I knew the hippies and the jocks, and usually, usually those two people didn't ever get together, but I knew both of them. Was that so, uh, movement? My, my life was transformed at that point. And, um, I came to the Lord. I walked down, I walked down front. The odd thing is I knew nothing about God, knew nothing about Jesus. But when I was in high school, I had this God squad after me that tried to get me saved. And I knew when I walked down there to, to receive the Lord into my life, when I heard James Robinson preach, I knew if I said yes to Jesus, that I, it was like signing up for the army. I didn't even, I didn't get any of this in between time. I knew I would be, I would be on the front lines. And I was, I was two, after two years later, I was a pastor of a church and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. So um, it's been quite, been quite a journey. Uh, right after that, I, a couple of months after that, I experienced, uh, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and oddly enough, Jason, I was a Methodist back in those days. So I was a tongue talking Methodist <laughs> and I don't know how that all, I don't know how that worked out and how that happened, but uh, that's how, that was, that was where it all began for me in terms of this ministry thing. Yeah. And, uh, so it's been quite a, it's been quite a journey. That's where I started. Yeah. Uh, wow. So anyway, that's where, that's where my life got launched at that point. Yeah. That's that's really 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 amazing, and so I, I think the in the seventies that that was kind of when the the Jesus movement started, right? Jesus movement was going on during that day. Um, you know, oddly enough, when I was in high school, I was um, I wasn't a great student, and usually the people that do these things are really good students. But I was also the student body president, and um, there again, I, the Jesus movement was happening, and my high school was hit with that move. Uh, all these Jesus people around and these Jesus people were after me 
and uh, and so I I kept hearing. I mean, I heard people witness about the Lord, but I I wasn't one of them, and somehow I knew that the seeds they dropped inside my heart when I was in school. When I finally went to that crusade meeting and heard this guy preach, it's like it just all clicked. Everything, all these people that had been after me when I was in high school. I mean, I'd have people to shove tracks under my face and yeah. all these kind of things, you know. And we had, a lot of, we had a lot of Christians on the football team, too. Yeah. But I had run from them. And, uh, but that day when I came to the Lord, yeah, it was um, the, these Jesus guys, they were after me. And uh, yeah. finally, I surrendered myself listening to this Baptist guy preach the gospel. So it's, <laughs> it was quite a, it's quite a, quite amazing kind of a thing. So yeah. Uh-huh. That was my start. Yeah, no, that's, that's really amazing. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a, everyone has a story of how they began their journey with Jesus. And so um, that being said, I know that like you said you're an author and a pastor and a speaker. Was there ever like a moment in time where you know that God was speaking to you and actually calling you to do something like that? Or was there ever a moment where you were experiencing his voice in that? Uh, you know, it, I, I've heard, um, I think because, because I was, um, I was always a musician and, um, most people going to know me from my son, Josh, from at Bethel. Josh is one yeah. of the worship leaders there. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I know this sounds weird. Some people, you're going to get this, but, um, even in those early days before I really, before I really knew God in a deep way there was some connection that come with with my with my worship to the lord i this was before the worship movement got started listen jason i remember when when i came to jesus and i'm used to playing steppenwolf and grand funk railroad and black (laughs) sabbath and i go from that and i come to the lord and the first music i hear on the gospel station in my town is southern gospel and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I got to listen to that now that I know the Lord. And I didn't know what to do with that stuff. And then and then I heard people like Keith Green and Resurrection Band. And I don't know if you know those names or not. But back in my day, those when I heard these guys, I thought, oh, God, yes, yes. My kind of music with Jesus words to it. Yeah. So. Um, but the first time when I began to hear the Lord's voice is when I began to experience him in deep ways in worship. Yeah. And the presence of God um, alone, I never, I didn't in those days experience it corporately, but when I would get by myself, just get my guitar and I would, um, I would find the presence of God. I would hear, I don't even know how to explain this. I would hear a sound. I'm not talking about music necessarily. I would hear a sound from God. I would hear words from the Lord down inside my spirit. Wow. That would, that would bubble up inside of me and I had no, I had no framework, nobody to tell me what that was. Nobody used the words prophetic. If you talked about prophetic, you were talking about end times like Jesus was coming back kind of thing. (laughs) I had no clue. I had no clue what that stuff was, but I knew I heard it when I worshiped, when I got in those intimate places with God that's when I began to hear and and sometimes they weren't words. Sometimes it were it was it was framed in the in, in deep feelings and emotions, and almost like a um, is like a sound. Like in Genesis, it says that when 
Adam and Eve, it, this and this is after they sinned um, in the garden, is Genesis chapter three. It says that they, when God came looking for them, it says they hid. And Adam said, "Because we heard your sound in the garden." Now the Old King James translates that ver that word voice, but the word there is not voice. The word there is sound. It's like Adam said, we heard your sound in the, in the garden and we were afraid. Well, here's the thing. I, we've always just, I always assumed that they heard the sound. That means I heard God crunching through the leaves and, and thought, no, can't be crunching. He didn't have feet. He's a spirit. Yeah. So there is something about God that you can, that he almost brings sound with him. And this is what I heard. And I heard it when I worshiped. Um, the thing I carried that with me for probably a couple of decades before anybody explained to me what that was. And it was the voice of God down inside my spirit. And I would hear it most clearly when I began, when I got in the presence of God in deep worship, it was literally in the eighties. So we're trying, we're going 15 years ahead. It was literally in the middle eighties before I knew how to bring that to a congregation of people um, and bring a people along with me in that, in that level of worship where we could hear the Lord's voice. Yeah. So um, I've carried that with me ever since, ever since those days. Um, as a matter of fact, Josh used to tell me, he said, dad, he said, you, we, I got ruined back in those days in worship. It trans it, it's what he it's what Josh carries today. I mean, and and we all carry, hopefully, we all carry something that we pass to the next generation, that they'll take it further than we ever did. Um, yeah. Which is what is what you will do. I mean, you'll take this stuff farther than I ever took it in in my days. Um, but it ruined it ruined me. I mean, I'm I literally became ruined for the presence. And it's all I care about. Even right now, I live for my, I live for the mornings. That's the reason I told you, you know, you want to do this podcast and we want to do this thing. I yeah. said, God, do it early because I go to bed early because I want to get up early. There's something to me about being there in the fourth watch of the night, just sitting with God. I hear him more clearly then. Yeah. And um, so anyway, that's. Uh, so I remember you told me, I think you get up at like three or four, right? Yeah. Yeah. This morning I was up this morning. I literally woke up at two 30. So by, so by three, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was cooking and by five, I usually start writing about five. I'm, I'm working on, a, I'm working on a book right now and, uh, she's about five. I'm writing, but I'm able to sit with the Lord a couple hours before just sit here with him. So, uh, yeah, that, that definitely takes uh, dedication, but I would say more so surrender at that point. And so, um, Something that I I do really well uh, getting up early in the morning, but right now since I'm working from home, um, not so well. I'm kind of taking advantage of of that and just kind of getting that time and kind of in the later mornings and the kind of mid afternoons. And so, man, I, I really appreciate you um, sharing that story. It's really beautiful. And so, um, something that I, I think about when you say something when you were talking about how you experienced God's voice early on in worship. And so, a lot of times when people talk about the prophetic they don't associate it with worship. And so, or even, I mean, that sometimes they don't even associate it with like hearing God's voice in worship. And so I would love to 
kind of talk a little bit more in detail and like kind of what that's like for you or what that maybe felt like. Cause I know for me, um, as someone, uh, we can relate in this way because we both started out as worship leaders and musicians. And so for me in high school, um, I played in a lot of jazz bands, all the improvisational bands. I played drums and I taught myself how to play acoustic guitar, but I don't know what it was, but before I was even a Christian, I would sit around every day after work as, you know, as someone who was right out of high school, I would sit around and I would just like play certain tones and notes on my acoustic guitar and something would just make me feel so like, I don't know, something so excited, you know? And so um, I played drums at a Methodist church, believe it or not, for a really long time and kind of grew. And as I grew in my faith, I really desired more of deeper things of the Lord. And so as I grew as a worship leader, as a musician, and just even as a son um, in Christ, like, I began to hear things in worship. I began to hear like phrases and songs and I would even like feel certain things that you normally didn't feel any, no other time, even if you were listening to black Sabbath and it felt good, but like something, something about being in worship and like playing a certain song and feeling a certain emotion. You're just like, that can't be anything but God. And so uh, I know right now at, at my local church, Oak city, which you've actually um, been to uh, quite a couple of times already, um, um, something that I'm experiencing in worship a lot more, like I'm experiencing high levels of the prophetic and I'm experiencing a lot of things, a lot of revelation that I'm getting from God in worship. And so, um, I would love to talk about that more. I mean, I don't know if you have any more insight on that, that maybe our listeners could probably, um, gain off of, because we are, we are, I feel like we are in a season where like the churches are really, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Are really um, stepping into a different portal. I, I sometimes I hate to say that word, but stepping into like a different, different realm in worship where you're actually encountering God and you're hearing His voice in ways you've never encountered. And so I believe the church is is shifting into that place because I mean, you look at Bethel, you look at Elevation Worship, you look at churches in your local town and my local town, and worship has just ramped up so much to where there's so much of the supernatural. Um, happening. And when I say supernatural, I mean, like people are seeing things in the spirit. People are hearing God, like say things that are just like so uh, revelatory and deep. And it's just like, sometimes you just can't contain it. You have to write it down and process it for days. And so, well, I would love to hear any more insight you may have uh, on that, that area, if you have it. So I think, uh, I think, um, yeah, you, you, you look at, you look in the old Testament and, one of the great models of this is David mm. and um, he, he knew he's sort of like us, like you just said a while ago, you're right on target is that there is, <laughs> um, I'm going to assume your listeners are going to be okay with me saying this. If not, you can edit this out, but <laughs> you, there, there are, there are some of the, some of the group, the bands I used to listen to, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know. I didn't know have the language. I didn't have even the understanding. But these guys went into spirit realms. Now they might not have been good spirits, but they went into spirit realms, writing on their tunes, and they expressed that then in their lyrics. Wow. And um, and I'm talking about these, you know, the hard rock bands and all the stuff. I knew that. I mean, I I, I felt that. When I became a believer, it just kind of 
flipped over because my spirit got born again. So I was chasing after another spirit was that was the Lord. And the same thing, same process is the same. It's just my direction is different. My kingdom has changed. And, and David, David did, uh, that's, that was, David actually learned to hear the voice of God as a worshiper long before he knew he was ever a military general. There's, you see, there's no mistake that David, who was a worshiper, was also the greatest military man of ancient days. Really those good. two, the, those two, how, who puts those two together? But <laughs> David, with David, they were. He carried such a presence upon him that he could chase demons away just by playing his harp around the king. For also, that with that same with that same anointing, when it came time to play the military role as the general in command, he would simply go in same spirit, and it said he inquired of, of the Lord. Uh, when he came, when the Philistines come up against him, it said yeah. twice he inqui- he went and inquired of the Lord and said, "Shall we go over? Shall we take them?" And the Lord said, "Yep, go take them." And so, and of course, he went against them and defeated them. Well, it wasn't too long. They came right back at him again, as the enemy will do a lot of times. They yeah. came back at him again. David understood because he had been in the presence of God before. So it says he inquired. What was he inquiring? He wasn't just praying and just throwing up. God help us. God help us. He was inquiring. He was getting a word from God. He was getting a prophetic word. And the Lord second time said, listen, this time, just don't go up against them. Go around behind them and listen and listen to this. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, and I'm thinking who in the world was he? Who does that kind of military action? He was David literally, he was used to hearing prophetic sound. That's good. When you hear the sound of marching, when you hear, start hearing sounds, then, then go around behind them, then take them, let the tent go around behind them. So he, so David actually got his, David, this, this worshiping shepherd actually learned, learned to fight battles by being a worshiper and hearing the voice and the sound of God in private with the Lord. Um, And you are right in this hour, you are so, you're so on target is that there is, there is a, um, there's a deepening of the level of worship that people are going after. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, I've heard many people express it as Graham Cook calls it the bridegroom, the worship of the, of the bride to the bridegroom. I yeah. love Graham Cook. My yeah. wife, Karen loves, I mean, she gobbles up his stuff all the time. I, I yeah. read a lot of Graham Cook too, but, and he's very prophetic and it's prophetic. People are also intimate. They're very intimate worshipers of God yeah. personally. Now it doesn't mean that they corporately always hop around everything, but personally, they uh, they have an ear. They they become addicted to the. I don't know how else to put it. They become addicted to the presence, and yeah. that's and when they when they're addicted to the intimate presence of God, they're able to hear the voice of God. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I, mean, we get, I like that stuff. We can get. We can get. We can drown in that. I know. We'll <laughs> save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, just even you may, you reminded me of a story 
in uh, in First Samuel uh, chapter three, where it's actual is Samuel's prophetic call from the Lord. And so I'm just going to read this verse really quick, and it just reminded me uh, when you're talking about that. It says um, in chapter three, verse one, it says, "Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and a word from the Lord was rare in those days; visions were infrequent." And so I loved uh, just to even kind of follow up with that story. Um, basically, basically the Lord calls out to Samuel like three times and Samuel thinks it's his dad. And so, and Eli's like, no, go back. Like, that sounds like God's calling you. And so believe it or not, it was God would have been calling out to Samuel multiple times, yeah. you know, when he was ministering and as he was sleeping. And so I really do think there is something so special and so important about, especially for those who are wanting to grow and hearing God's voice or, even grow and just even in the gift of prophecy, there's something about um, beginning all of that in the presence. Like the, and even for me, like I'm, I'm still wanting this today that like, if I want to grow in hearing God's voice, like your prophetic voice has birthed in the presence of the Lord. And so is, yeah, I don't believe that's just for the prophetic. I believe that's for anything. If you want, like if you want to grow in your destiny and your identity and your calling, get in the presence. Cause that's where he's speaking to you. That's where he's, he's calling you from that's where he's leading you out of and so something that i'm in a season of right now is just not to work not to work towards the secret place but to work from it and so that's something that has really catapulted me um into kind of where i'm at with the podcast and the book that i wrote and just the prophetic ministry and just yeah and so just i just wanted to uh, follow up with that and i thought that was so interesting that you said that man so i really appreciate you sharing that story that's that's awesome that's um Oh, that's that's my life. As a, as a matter of fact, I um, I, I just came from a conference and um, I mentioned before we came on here in um, St. Louis, yeah. doing a doing a men's conference. And um, the last night, a Saturday night, um, you know, the, we had a theme, and the the theme they brought me in, and their theme was um, intim- intimacy and prayer. Of course, that's like saying to me, you know, like Burr Rabbit, throw me in my briar patch, you know. So, uh, <laughs> the last night I just said, I turned around to the worship lead. They had the worship band, a, a lot of men. I mean, just b- great gathering, a uh, great church. And, um, I turned to the worship guy and said, uh, you know, I'd spoke a little while. I said, can I use your guitar? <laughs> and I don't, I don't do that this often anymore. I save, I save all the worship stuff for the young guys, you know, but I, I just couldn't get, I, I would speak. And I, the more I'd talk and just like, worship worship just let them experience worship so i he said well, of course you know so i picked up the guitar and he suited me up and everything stuck a mic and uh i just i pulled them in forward and the presence of the lord came and these men started ministering to one another wow. and and i said god's going to start giving you and they started prophesying i mean men, i'm talking about all of the men or we're talking about hundreds here now um, started prophesying to one another and a young guy to my, a young man to my, to my right, all of a sudden, just like hit, hit the floor. I mean, I thought, Oh gosh, I, he bounced like a rubber ball. Just boom, hit the floor. <laughs> Nobody's praying for anybody. He just hit the floor. Uh, I mean, the Lord was just, it was so, and men got up so encouraged men giving words to me and i did not minister on giving words to anybody i did not minister anything like that but had i not had i not given the holy spirit 
the opening. The greatest ministry of that weekend was not me speaking. The greatest ministry was giving room for the spirit of the Lord to speak through his church. That's good. Uh, to speak to one another. I, I feel so strong, Jason, that, and I'm grateful for the, for being able to go for, for the invitations that the Lord's given me in, in my day, going from place to place and church to church. And um, I'm thankful for that. But the greatest thing that the Lord's doing in this day is, is, is that the word of the Lord, the intimate word of the Lord is coming through his church. We're simply a catalyst. We simply like the spark and step back and watch the blaze. Wow. Because the church in this hour, the church in the days coming up is not going to be about the great speakers coming in. It's going to be about, it's going to be about the bride who goes and goes into the bridal chamber to the bridegroom himself. And um, that's, that's going to be, it's going, it's, we are on the cusp of that. And I know that we're in the middle of all this coronavirus thing going on. Yeah. Listen, I, all, even the, what seemingly looks like the bad stuff is going to end up being the good stuff yeah. because it's going to push us uh, into the intimate places of God. So yeah. that's awesome, man. We could, we could finish it right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me pull uh, back a little bit so we can <laughs> give room for something else. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I so appreciate that. That was really, really good. I can't wait uh, for everyone else to hear that. Um, and so I really want to jump on to um, the book that you um, recently, I don't know if it was super recent or maybe a couple of years ago, but it was a book called Rebound. I would love to hear a little bit about what that book is and the heart behind it and kind of why you decided to uh, write that book. Um, let me tell you why I wrote the book. I wrote the book because there's not much out there about, about coming back after somebody fails. Um, there's a few things out there, but there's just not a whole lot. And there's not a lot of encouragement. I went through, I'll do this real quick. I went through 24 or five years ago, went through a failure in my life, a moral failure in my life and lost ministry, lost friends, lost reputation, lost everything. As a matter of fact, I'm still in the city. I remained in the city that all that happened in. And I tried to leave. I mean, you know, it's what you do. Um, But the Lord wouldn't let me leave. Yeah. And the Lord, gave, the Lord gave me a word. And he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to restore you right in front of them because wow. you need to be restored in front of them. And then the Lord said this, because this is how much he loves his church. And they need to see you restored in front of them. Wow. So that's a lot of years ago. But uh, I wrote the book. I, I remember the time I went and I, I've been a writer for a long time. And I went to look for something that would. Um, just help me I, to read it. And I could not find anything. The only thing I could find back in those days, I would find some books that Joyce Meyer wrote. And uh, she wrote that one, the battleground of the mind. Yeah, and I would be, I remember. Yeah. yeah. It's a great book. Wonderful book. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love and it. And it would help me and I'd be reading this book and right in the middle of reading it, the enemy would come and speak to my, to my head and say, he would say, listen, that wasn't written for you. If she was here, she would say, that wasn't written for your kind. I would literally hear those words in my head. Well, when I finally got healed up enough 
and I would hear that voice, I, w- I said back, <laughs> I said back, I said, devil, when I get, there's going to come a day when I get healed up, I'm going to write something that it will be no mistake that that book is for people like me. So I actually wrote rebound is actually the second book I've written that, um, that deals with that subject. The first one was called he restores and the subtitles God's plan to restore fallen leaders. Uh, rebound is I had a writing agent back in those days and she told me, and the first book was written totally to leaders. Only to leaders. I address leaders like myself. Uh, She told me, she said, Bill, one day you need to rewrite the book in a different tone of voice and rewrite it for the general person. Well, that's what Rebound is. And Rebound actually has been more circulated um, all over the United States. I'm really grateful for how how far that book has gone. And um, uh, even even right now, I've got um, a few people that are uh, actually there's going to be a workbook out by n- not too, too long from now. A workbook will come out for small groups to use it for small group purposes and things like that. So, yeah. so that was written for that reason. And, um, I've got it. There's incidents, windows of, of, it's not so much my story, although there are windows of times that I shared in yeah. the book, but, um, I'm grateful how it's been used. It's been uh, used, but now I'm writing, I'm writing my passion. Now I'm writing, um, I'm writing a book now called being with God. And it's about hearing the prophetic voice of the Lord through worship and intimacy with God. So, um, that, that's my passion. That's, that's who I am. uh, Well, that, uh, that title sounds really good. And so I I really can't wait for that one to come out for sure. I'll definitely be having to get that one. I also need to get, uh, rebound too. I don't think I have a copy of that yet. And I I'll, know send that, you, I'll send you a copy. Uh, just you've got one free coming. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I appreciate that. Man, right. that, man, I, um, I am extremely, extremely honored uh, to be able to have you on here. I really appreciate your time, Bill. Um, I really want to close up with one thing and it's something that I do, um, with everyone that I have on here. And so, um, what's, as far as like your book's concerned, is there like a nugget out of your book that you, feel like God would want to share to, um, the listeners today? Oh, wow. Out of the book. It's kind of a funny <laughs> question. So. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't know so much out of the, out of rebound, That's fine. Right now, but let me give you something. I feel like that is, um, as a matter of fact, I've sent this out to some of the leaders, just uh, something I jotted down and a little piece that I, that I wrote recently. Uh, in this in this season that we're in with the coronavirus and of course churches, um, when people hear this, hopefully we'll be over it, but probably not. Um, but you know we can't have church right now. We're not gathering in churches. I, my schedule's been wiped clean, so I'm home just like you. Um, and the one thing that one thing I thought was how how do we navigate in this world because we're so used to getting our Sunday fix and hearing a word from a speaker, uh, listening to being influenced by good worship music. You know, I, we have all those things at our church, the church that I lead churches that I go to we have all these things too. So now what, I guess is what I'm saying now, what, and the Lord, uh, some weeks ago, I came across this verse that everybody we're, we're familiar with it. It's John chapter, 16. 
and the Lord was speaking directly to me about a situation in my life, but he used it generally across the board where Jesus said to his disciples, he's trying to get them ready for a new season. And he said to them, it is to your advantage that I go away because if I do not go away, the helper who's speaking the Holy spirit, the helper will not come. But if I go away, the helper will come to you. Yeah. And he's talking about the comforter, the Holy spirit. Yeah. I mean, think of that for a moment that sometimes we get so, um, we get so connected to our, whoever our leader is, our pastors. And we got great pastors and leaders all over the nation, great speakers all over the nation. We get so connected to them that it's hard for, just like the disciples, they couldn't imagine not doing life without Jesus. They couldn't imagine not hearing his voice. They couldn't imagine that. But Jesus said, it's to your advantage. It's not going to feel good immediately, but it is to your advantage that I exit because if I do, the Holy Spirit will come. And we all know what happened when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. (laughs) There was a multiplication of power and peace and everything Jesus was to 12, they were to multiple thousands in a matter of, of days. Yeah. I guess here's my thing. Here's the word that the Lord's really laying upon my heart. Are we as leaders, and I'm including including myself in this, we as leaders raising up people to hear the voice of the Lord for themselves? Mm. Are we, or are we raising up a company of people of, of a codependent nature? To where they need us, we need them. Now I know there's a place for we got to be connected. There's yeah. a place for that. We've got scriptures clear on that. At the same time, I've got to raise up people that God has given me under my care, where they can hear the voice of the Lord and walk in the power and the grace of God, whether or not I'm with them or not. Whether or not they can hear my voice, I want them to be able to hear His voice. That has been such a big word in me lately in the last, in the last, really in the last couple of weeks, but certainly in the last few days. Yeah. Um, uh, that, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's stirred inside of me so much, Jason, that yeah. I think God, let the kingdom of God come to the average person in the, in the church. Let people begin to hear the voice of the Lord. I pray that everybody becomes so addicted to the presence of God, to hear the voice of God, that they can't wait to hear it for themselves so that they can pass it to those around them that so desperately need it. Because listen, there's people that li- that's going to hear the average Joe blow in our church and they ain't going to listen to me, but they'll listen to them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the word of the Lord I carry right now. So. Hey. That's a good word. That's a now word. I think that's a word that everybody can receive. I can receive that too. I, I obviously I have a heart to to equip people to hear the voice of God. Not yeah, you sure do. You me. absolutely do, Jason. So uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate your encouragement. And so, um, with that being said, um, anytime I do a podcast with someone, I always spend some time in the presence, um, praying for them, and just asking God what He's saying about them. And so, I just wanted to share uh, one quick, um, just so just a word I feel like God has for you and in the season that you're in and, and you may uh, you may be familiar with this. I think you just kind of talked about it. And so 
the word that he gave me for you was that the the generation that we're that I'm in right now has a lot of spiritual leaders and teachers, but it doesn't have a lot of um, spiritual fathers. And so one thing I liked about Paul, especially with the church of, of Corinth was what, you know, that, that church in general was kind of jacked up for a while. And so Paul came in not as a teacher, but as a father and kind of helped them, you know, get on the right track. And I think it's, I think it's in first Corinthians chapter four, where he says, you know, you have, you have so many spiritual, uh, you have so many teachers and so many leaders in Christ, yeah. but not enough fathers. And so, um, I believe your heart is to father, um, a generation back to the one true father who's God. And so I feel like God is really, is really continuing to open up opportunities for you to really pour into those who have missed out on the aspect, the true aspect of his heart, of his compassion. And so I really feel like there'll be a huge breakthrough for people to walk in freedom and wholeness because of what you carry and the wisdom and the revelation that you have. So, man, I just, I bless you. And I appreciate you so much for being on this podcast and just being such a source of encouragement for me. So thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jason. What an honor. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome, man.